0: A lot of founder advice is about maximizing your company's value and valuation. I'm going to make a potentially controversial argument that in many cases, it can be harmful to have too high a valuation. I'll explain why in this episode. (music) Greetings, founders. Welcome to Feel the Boot, the science of startups. I'm your host, Lance Cottrell, and I'm here to help you along that arduous journey of launching your startup. I know it can be like a vertical learning curve because I've been there myself and I have helped countless other founders along their journey. Having an unrealistically high valuation can hurt you in two ways. First, it can demotivate your employees. And second, it can cause problems with the next round of fundraising. So I want to unpack exactly how that works in both cases. So let's start by looking at the employee problem. Now, in an early stage startup, most of your employees' compensation isn't coming in the form of cash. It's probably in stock options. You may not even be paying them at all. So the value of those stock options over time and what that means for them at exit is incredibly important. So let's consider two scenarios. Suppose that your company got an amazing valuation. It just raised some money at $20 million a comparable company, similar industry, similar stage, uh, and most other companies like it might be raising money at a $5 million valuation. So you're feeling really good. You managed to convince an investor to invest at this super high value. So let's take a look at what this looks like for your next hire. The next employee you bring in is going to be getting options with a strike price based on that $20 million valuation. So let's imagine that works out to a $1 strike price and that you're giving them 100,000 options, which is worth about $100,000, offsetting what you'd be paying them. For why it's worth $100,000 and how this whole calculation works, I did an episode on how to use stock options as a founder, and I'll put a card up in the corner. Now, suppose this guy's friend, went to work for your competitor, this other company that also just raised money, but at a $5 million valuation. Well, if he's also deferring about $100,000 in salary, then they need to be paying him with 400,000 options, because the strike price is gonna be a quarter of your strike price at only 25 cents. So your employee got 100,000 options at a buck. This other guy got $400,000 at 25 cents. So let's fast forward a little bit and say, what happens in a couple of years at exit? Let's say you've done reasonably well. Uh, You're not a unicorn, but you have an exit at, say, a $100 million valuation, and we're going to ignore all the dilution and everything else that probably happened in there. So if your company goes out at $100 million and the strike price was $1 at 20, neglecting that dilution, the new strike price is $5. So your employee gets 100,000 options times $5, the current value, minus $1, his original strike price, or $4. So 100,000 times four is $400,000. The guy takes $400,000 home when the company exits. And that's not a bad outcome. But let's look at his friend and assume that company also eventually has an exit for a reasonable $100 million. So he has $400,000 shares. And he's going to get five dollars minus twenty-five cents, or four seventy-five per share for all four hundred thousand shares. So he's taking home one point nine million dollars. And so your employee's going to kind of feel like he got screwed at this point. And if you've got a smart employee who understands how options work, he'll know this in advance. He'll know that he could do much better by taking options in a similar company at a more reasonable valuation than in yours. Now, if your company is growing explosively, maybe that $20 million valuation was reasonable and validated because of how fast you're growing, how big the opportunity is. But in that case, you weren't overvalued. That was an appropriate valuation. But if you get $20 million when really that investor should have been giving you a $5 million valuation, that's when this all starts to break down. So. The other problem with having this unrealistically high $20 million valuation is what it can mean for future funding rounds. Now, if things go spectacularly well and you're able to close your next round at $30 or $50 or $100 million, awesome, bonus, nothing goes wrong, everyone's happy. But suppose that over the next year or two, after you raised that round at 20 million, your company doubles in size, but you're not able to find another sucker investor to pay this hyperinflated valuation. So now your company is realistically valued at 10 million, and you're looking to bring in that next round. And this is where the problem happens: is your current investor, the last investor, is going to feel? pretty unhappy about this, right? They invested at a $20 million valuation. You have doubled in size and the next guy's getting in at half the price they paid. That seems unfair to them. That investor may in fact have pretty strong leverage to renegotiate the deal after the fact. If they originally got anti-dilution provisions, this may happen automatically. So when this lower valuation investment comes in, they may automatically get stock to make themselves good, and that can lead to substantial dilution for all of the existing other investors. I actually did a whole episode on that, and I'll put a card up in the corner. However, even if they don't have anti dilution provisions, they may still be able to force you to renegotiate the deal retroactively. Because typically, these investors get preferred stock, and each new round of investment gets a new series of preferred stock. And part of the way that works is it comes with voting rights. So typically a series of stock will have the ability to vote as a block on any new investments. Uh, The issuing of stock for a new investment. So let's say this was the seed round and they got their series seed stock and they have certain voting rights And the people who hold Series Seed stock have to vote for any issuing of new stock. And now you're trying to do an A round, which unfortunately is a down round. And they'll need to vote to allow you to create the Series A stock. And they can withhold that. And with this down round, they may very well choose to withhold it. Say, well, I'll vote for that, but you need to go back and retroactively issue me a whole bunch more stock to make me good or I'm going to hold out for a better valuation because I will not accept this huge dilution that I'm about to experience. Well, you don't have a lot of maneuvering room, especially if you really need that investment right now. They kind of have you over a barrel, but it can even get worse because this may turn off your new investor. They came in expecting to buy a certain percentage of the company for a certain amount of money and to have you end up with a fixed amount of ownership. But now, the other investor is suddenly getting a much larger slice of the pie that may impact the ownership percentage that the new investor has, depending on what kind of valuation you were working with. Or it may mean that you as the founder are going to be crushed down and the new investor doesn't want to see you looking like an employee rather than a founder owner. So they might walk away from the deal because of this pushback from the previous investor, all because you got this insane valuation early on. So my advice is make sure you understand what the reasonable range of valuations for your company might be, and try to find something in that bracket. You want to, of course, negotiate for the best possible deal you can get within that range. So you're going to be pushing towards the upper end, and probably the investor is going to be trying to negotiate in the other direction. But because you know what a reasonable range is, you know when their offer is unreasonable, and you should walk away if you have that option. I think a lot of people get caught up in these really high valuations because they see stories of companies, very early stage companies, getting truly insane valuations. And that certainly happens. There's froth out there. But in many cases, there's more going on than meets the eye. There may be partnerships or opportunities or very deep pocket investors, or this person has an amazing track record of exits before. Uh, right, There could be lots of reasons why that company is getting valuations that might even be justified, but it doesn't look like it from the outside. So you want to look at comparables. Try to get an unbiased sample of other companies that are in your same general sector and at your same stage to understand what kind of valuations are out there. Talk to advisors. Talk to investors, ideally ones you're not negotiating with, to get a sense of where they think your appropriate valuation would be so that you get that realistic picture of what numbers you should be expecting. This video is part of an entire playlist on fundraising for your startup. I'll put a link up there in the card to the rest of the playlist so you can see all the other content around fundraising for early stage companies. In fact, we have a whole bunch of playlists on different topics. We have starting your business, fundraising, building your pitch deck, uh, operating your company and running the business, as well as sort of knowledge, insights, and understanding that it's important to have as a founder. So you can get that all at the Field of Boot channel. Again, put up that card so you can link there directly. Thanks for watching this episode. I hope you found it useful and interesting, and if so, please give this episode a like. It tells the algorithm that this is the kind of content you'd like to see more of. I also encourage you to leave a comment. Let me know your experiences with valuations and negotiating with investors. If you've watched a whole bunch of Field the Boot episodes, I'd like you to go a step further and subscribe and ring that bell to be notified of new uploads. If you'd like to get one-on-one help, Join the Field the Boot newsletter, bootprints at Fieldtheboot.com. In each issue, I send out my Calendly link so you can sign up for one-on-one office hours to talk about any issues you're running into in your startup. If you'd like to meet other founders, come to the Feel the Boot Founders Alliance Facebook group. I'll put a link down in the description. Until next time, ciao.